Welcome to the Property Magic Podcast. My name is Simon Zucci, and in this podcast, I'm going to deep dive into the property investing strategies and investor mindset for my book, Property Magic. I will also share real estate investing hints, tips, and tricks, which I normally only share on my Property Mastermind Mentorship. Hello, and welcome to episode number 16 of the Property Magic Podcast in which I'm going to share with you how to find great tenants and minimize the void periods in your property and how to make sure you cover yourself in case tenants don't pay you rent and also how to pursue them if they owe you money for up to years after they've left the property. So first of all, let's talk about managing your property. I think that most people, when they start investing, they like the idea of managing property themselves. And I think to a certain extent that can be good because you appreciate what a letting agent has to do for you. Now, when I first started investing and renting out my properties, I certainly managed myself and I did it for three reasons. The first one was I didn't want to lose 10% of the rental income to the agent. I was trying to replace my income from Cadbury's and so I didn't want to give any of that income away. The second reason was I thought I could probably do a better job than the agents. Now, the reality is there are lots of good agents out there. There are lots of not very good agents. And I think generally the industry is getting better, but you do need to be careful if you are using agents. And I thought, frankly, I didn't know any good agents. I'd rather do it myself. And the third reason was I wanted to get to know my tenants. I'm a pretty social guy. I thought I'd like to get to know them so I could look after them. Now, I must admit that third reason, the novelty soon wears off. By the time you've had quite a few calls for really silly things such as the lights not working and it comes down to them not changing the bulb and someone's stolen the sausages in my HMO, you kind of think, I don't know if I really want to be managing these myself. And I noticed that I'd fall into what I call the landlord trap. Now, what I mean by that is very often people start managing themselves because they're trying to get as much income as they can from the property and they don't want to pay an agent. But the problem is, The more properties you have, the more and more time it takes. Managing a few properties is very easy, but if you start rapidly building your portfolio, it definitely takes more of your time to manage the properties. And often, people get into the situation that I was in where I was spending so much time managing my properties, I wasn't spending enough time looking for new ones. And actually, it's when you buy properties is when you make more money instead of managing. So I realized I had to get other people to manage my properties for me. And that's what I do now. You know, I really don't have to deal with tenants. And I think you should aim for this as well if you want to make it a truly passive income from your property investing. But if you want to do it yourself, that's what this episode is all about. So I want to give you some really good hints and tips to help find great tenants, minimize voids, and make sure you're doing things correctly. So first of all, one of the most important things you need to do when you're a property investor is make sure your properties are full at all times. Now, I know this sounds obvious because this is the cash flow for your business. But very often people are so busy thinking about buying properties, they're not looking after the existing ones. And if you have empty rooms or empty houses, you are literally throwing money down the drain. So if you do have properties that are empty right now, I really encourage you to focus on finding great quality tenants. Now, the availability of tenants does vary throughout the year. There are seasons to it as well. But let's talk now about how you can attract tenants to you. 
The first thing is advertising on the internet. And this is the way that most tenants look for properties. There are lots of websites that you can advertise on. Some of them are free, some of them are paid. I actually encourage my students to use paid adverts on websites. You see, paid adverts usually have a prominent position on the website. The free ones, you need to keep on listing them, otherwise they kind of move down the page. And if you think about it, the cost of the advert is probably very low compared to the rental income you can bring in each month from that property. So I'd much rather invest in my business, invest in my adverts, make sure as many people see them as possible. And then when people respond to you, you need to respond really quickly. There is competition, there are other properties out there. If you don't get back in touch with potential tenants quick enough, then someone else might beat you to it. A couple of other ideas about finding tenants are great ways to ask your existing tenants. I have a number of HMOs, houses of multiple occupation. And whenever one tenant gives notice, they need to give you a month's notice when they're leaving, I'll ask the current tenants, in fact, I'll send them a message on, on WhatsApp to say, um, hey guys, do you know anyone else who is looking for a property, a room in this area? And very often people like the idea of bringing someone they know, some of their friends in, rather than a stranger who we've just found through advertising. And you can incentivize your tenants by offering them a 50 pound Amazon voucher or Argos voucher, whatever. And that's quite a nice little incentive for them to get their friends to come into the property. Another great tip is work with local employers. If you have big employers who bring in graduate trainees and things, very often their HR department will have a system where they can let potential uh, and new employees know about accommodation in the area. So speak to local employers and also speak to letting agents. Now, if you are managing yourself, you can still get a letting agent to find tenants for you. You pay them a fee for that and then you manage the property. If you have HMOs, most letting agents don't manage HMOs because they don't know what to do. They don't think there's a demand. But most letting agents may have people occasionally going into their shop to say, hey, can I rent a room? And the agent says, no, sorry, we don't do rooms, but we have apartments. Now, if that individual can't afford to live in an apartment on their own, or maybe they don't want to because they want a bit of a, an instant social life by living with other people their age, they might just walk out the shop thinking they can't be helped. However, if you speak to those letting agents and say, look, if you find someone who, you know, they don't want an apartment, they want a shared room, why not refer that person through to me? And if they then become a tenant, I'll pay you a finder's fee. So this is a great way of helping the agent make some extra money they wouldn't normally get. And it's a great way of you finding tenants that other landlords are probably not using. So working with your local agents is a really good idea. So let's say you've got some people who are interested in renting your property. What do you do next? Well, what I used to do when I was managing my properties, I'd want to have a telephone conversation with them before they come and look at the property, just to make sure it's in an appropriate location and it's kind of what we're looking for. I didn't want to go and do a viewing, have them turn up and say, oh no, this isn't what I want. That's a waste of their time and a waste of my time. So I'm almost kind of trying to qualify out people who are not relevant because I value my time. Then when you find someone who is interested, you need to arrange a viewing as soon as possible. Given there's lots of competition out there, you want them to see your property before they see other properties. And most people are lazy. If they see your property and it's right for them, they'll go for it. So make sure you arrange viewing at a convenient time as soon as possible. And then on the day of the viewing, send them a text message to say, hey, we've got a viewing at 1 p.m., please come back to me to confirm you're coming to the viewing, otherwise I won't bother turning up. 
Now this is important because very often tenants will make lots of arrangements to see lots of properties. When they find the one they want, they just go with that. And sometimes they forget about the other appointments they've made and just don't bother to let the landlord know. So by sending them a text on the day of the viewing, you're giving them an opportunity to come back to you. Oh yes, no, I'm definitely still coming at one o'clock or the agreed time. But if they don't come back to you, it means they've probably found somewhere else and you don't want to waste your time. So rather than turning up with the property and them not showing up, it's a good idea if you send this text just to make sure everyone's saving time from this. The other thing to do, a neat little trick, is if you've got maybe just one room available in an HMO, get a group viewing at the same time. So try and get a few different people to come round and they're viewing just one property, which creates scarcity. So they've got to move quick if they want to get that room in the property. Now, when they come and actually do the viewing, you want to get them to bring some information with them. First of all, you want them to bring some photographic ID. It could be uh, ideally their passport or a driving license, something so you can check the person standing in front of you is who they say they are. You also want to bring proof of address, where are they currently living, and also the latest wage slip. Now, the wage slip, you want to look at that and make sure the rent that you're charging they can easily afford and they've still got money left over for their normal living expenses. There's also a very important bit of information you want to get from their wage slip and that's their national insurance number. Now I'll come back to that later on why that's important but you want to write that down. So if they like the property and it looks like they want to take the room, get them to fill in a tenant application form there and then. This will speed up the process and you say, look, if you fill this form in, I'm pretty much giving you the rights over other people to have this room. Now, on this form, you want to fill in the basic details, their name, their date of birth, their current address. One of the things you want to ask is for their next of kin. So if something happens to them, you can contact the next of kin to let them know. I had one property in the past uh, where I had a tenant and um, she stopped paying rent. No one had seen her. I couldn't get hold of her. And we went and into the property and her room was there. Everything was still there. And, you know, it looked like there was, she, there was, a, there was a checkbook on the by the side of her, her bed. And, and obviously she'd kind of left in a rush. Now, I don't know what happened. I don't know if she disappeared. I don't know if she was... She was murdered or something. I mean, terrible as it sounds. So we reported it to the police. We spoke to the next of kin. I don't know what happened in the end. We had to bag up all of her possessions and hold on to them for a while. But uh, she just disappeared. Um, so I, I don't know what happened. I hope she was okay. This was years and years ago. Um, but you need details next of kin. So if something happens, you can get in touch with them. The other thing is later on down the form, you're going to ask them for a guarantor someone who can vouch for them and if they don't pay the rent you can pursue the guarantor now very often if you just ask someone oh have you got someone who could be a guarantor most people say oh no i don't have anyone who could do that and what i'd say i'd turn the form back over and say well what about these people what about the next of kin oh oh yeah i suppose they could do it and for a guarantor you want someone who ideally owns their own property so if you pursue them they've got something to lose if they don't pay you now, once you've got all this information, you can use one of the tenant referencing services. There are many online, just Google them. And many of them actually offer a rent guarantee service. So you can pay, once they pass the credit check, you can pay a small premium, 60 to 80 pounds, and that gives you guaranteed 
uh, rental income for the next six months. So what that means is if the tenant doesn't pay, the insurance kicks in and starts paying you instead. Now it's important to read the small print and just check on the policy to make sure you are covered. But if you're worried about the tenants running off not paying, that can give you a bit of extra peace of mind. Okay, so once your tenant has been reference checked and you're ready to move them in, there's some things you need to give them when they move in. First of all, you need to give them a how to rent guide. This is a government document that tells them how to be a tenant. You can download the latest one from the internet. You also need to give them a copy of the energy performance certificate. You also need to show them a copy of the gas safety certificate. Um, if there's an HMO license, show them the HMO license as well. You also need to get them to sign an inventory. You need to get them to sign a, a checklist of things you've done. One of the requirements is you have to make sure they have the rights to rent. So i.e. they are a UK citizen or they are a European citizen at the, at the time of recording. Who knows what's gonna happen when the UK leaves Brexit. Um, but also if they, if they don't, if they're not a, a UK citizen, they have the right to be here. Either they've got a work visa. So you need to have to tick the list to say, yes, you've done that. Tick the list to say you've given them all the documentation like the how to rent guide and you've shown them a, a GDPR data protection policy so that you know how their information is stored. So all these things you need to do on a checklist to make sure you can um, adhere to all the, the proper requirements. By the way, if, you're, if you don't know what to do, a great resource is the National Landlords Association, which is just merged with the RLA, the Residential Landlords Association. They do a really good day. It's a landlord accreditation day. It's about £100, I think, and it's a full day. And it teaches you all the things you need to know as a landlord. And even if you have a letting agent looking after your property for you, ultimately you're still responsible for your property. So it's a really good idea to do that course and become an accredited landlord. I'm pretty sure sometime in the future, there'll be a requirement for all landlords to be accredited, which I think is a good thing. And if you are accredited and you wanna get into HMOs, House of Multiple Occupation, when you get an HMO license, most councils will give you a discount, maybe a hundred pounds or so on each license if you are an accredited landlord. So it's definitely worth looking that up, the NLA uh, Landlord Accreditation Day and getting yourself certified. So anyway, um, once your tenants are moved in, uh, obviously you have an inventory to show them the quality and the condition of the property. These can be video inventories, they can be a checklist, but you really wanna get them to sign that within seven days of moving in to make sure there's a record of the standard of accommodation in the property. Now, once the tenants are in and paying the rent, ideally you wanna set up direct debits. You can use something like GoCardless to accept direct debit payments. And you know, if what that means is if they they try and collect the rent and it's not in their account, they'll keep on trying until they get the rent through. So that's, that's a really important thing to do. Um, the other thing is if a tenant doesn't pay you rent, you need to have a great system to follow up, to chase them up. You know, if you sit for weeks and weeks or months and months and don't notice they haven't paid, you know, there are some bad tenants out there that might take advantage of you. So I used to have a very simple system where if rent didn't arrive on the day it was supposed to arrive, I checked the bank account, I'd send them a text saying, oh, just to let you know, looks like your rent hasn't arrived, please can you let me when you're gonna pay it. Now, normally it's a simple error they've made and they'll just contact you and say, oh yes, sorry, I'm paying it today or tomorrow, whatever it might be. Now, it's if they don't come back to you, you've got a problem. Now, they might well be away or they might have lost their phone or something like that, but I would the next day actually call them and leave a message and say, look, I sent you a text, 
um, I'm leaving you a message now because they may not answer. Um, please get back to me. After seven days, I'll send them a letter to say, look, you haven't paid your rent. I've tried to contact you. I've left you a message. I've sent you a text. Please let me know when you're paying the rent. It is now due. And then after 14 days, another letter. And then 21 days, another letter. Now, as soon as they are two months in arrears, and if they pay on the first of the month, the first of January, let's say they're supposed to pay, and they don't pay that month, as soon as it comes to the second of the following month, i.e. the second of February, they are actually two months in arrears because normally you pay at the beginning of the month for the coming month. So if they haven't paid for January and on the second, they're late for February, they're two months in arrears, then you can uh, start pursuing them to uh, kick them out of the property. I'd always try and reason with people. If someone's got a problem, you know, I always try and work with tenants and, and come up with a good solution for them and for me. But if they're just not communicating, if they're taking advantage, you know, I've got no sympathy anymore. In the past, I've been way too nice and I think people have maybe taken advantage of that. So you do need to be very clear. Look, you do need to pay your rent. If you don't pay your rent, we're going to get you out. When it comes to getting rid of um, bad tenants, personally, I'd recommend you use someone like um, uh, a, a solicitor to do it for you um, because there are a certain paperwork needs doing. You can do it yourself, but actually, if you don't do it correctly, it can delay you getting rid of tenants. So you can use solicitor or someone like Landlord Action is a good company, and that's who I use. So I don't have the hassle. I don't get emotionally involved. I just give it to someone else. I pay them to do it, and I move on with my life. And that's, I think, the best way of doing it. So if you have a tenant who disappears and they haven't paid rent, they sometimes abscond, um, what you can do is you can go and get a judgment against them by going to moneyclaim.gov.uk. Uh, you put in a claim there, hopefully it will be awarded to you. And then you've got six years to get them to pay you that money. So what you can do is you can leave it for a couple of years, let them settle down, hopefully let them buy their own place somewhere, they've got something to lose if they don't pay. And as long as you've got their full name and their national insurance number, remember you got that from their wage slip that I mentioned earlier, you can then track them down. There are services where you can track them down, find out where they live. You can get a county court sheriff to go and demand payment. And if they don't pay, you can get attachment to their earnings. So the good news is, as long as you have their national insurance number and their name, you can track them down. As long as you get a judgment against them from moneyclaim.gov.uk, you can chase them for up to six years. So if someone hasn't paid you, don't worry, you might still get your rent back. Now, one of the best ways to reduce the void periods is to be a great landlord. People sometimes move on because of changes in their personal circumstances, but often they move on because the landlord isn't looking after the property. And so if you can Get rid of that problem by being a great landlord. Look after the property. After all, it's your long-term investment. It's your pension. And look after your tenants. You know, be responsive. Get jobs done quickly. Or if you've got a letting agent managing for you, make sure they are doing that. One challenge is sometimes tenants don't tell you about little jobs and they suddenly contact you. There's a whole list of jobs and they, they didn't bother to contact you before, but suddenly you need all these things doing. But that's fine. Just get all the jobs done quickly and effectively to make sure you're looking after your property and your tenants. I've had some tenants who've stayed in my properties literally for years and years and years. And very often, I don't raise the rent because they're good tenants. I'd rather have good tenants in there paying, looking after the property, and only when they move on do we then refurbish the property and raise the rents to the current market rate to make sure we're maximizing the revenue we can get from the property.
So I do hope this has been useful, this particular podcast, to get you thinking about how you can find good quality tenants and minimize your void periods. Remember, if you have empty properties, it's really important to focus on filling the rooms as quickly as you possibly can, because that's money you're losing otherwise. Now, in the next episode of the Property Magic Podcast, I'm going to talk about how you can diversify your investments to spread your risk. So until the next episode, remember to always invest with knowledge, invest with skill. Thanks for listening to the Property Magic Podcast. To get this week's show notes, please visit www.propertymagicbook.co.uk forward slash podcast. You can contact me via LinkedIn. You can follow me on social media. And I highly recommend you subscribe to my YouTube channel to watch loads of valuable property trading for free. All of the details are available in the show notes. Until next time, invest with knowledge, invest with skill.